This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm joined by my dude, Mr. Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good? It feels like we were just here crowning uh, NBA champion, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, which, by the way, I I called at the beginning of the season. Uh, And now it's like in a month, the NBA is going to start again. And it's so it's like everything has been compressed. What usually takes us maybe a couple of months and the NBA, like we always say, is a 24-7 sport now, which we love. But yeah. now it feels like it's a 48-14 sport because <laughs> things are coming so fast right now with the draft approaching mm-hmm. and free agency approaching that it, it seems like every time I log on to Twitter, I've got to catch up with all this news because I'm like, oh, like, are we are the Sixers going to trade Embiid for Harden? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, no, no, bro, forget about that. It's like now the Clippers are going to trade Paul George. So it's, it's like, what? I don't even know what's happening. But again, this is why we convene on the Ball yeah. on Blast podcast, because this is really where we shine. It's like the, exactly. games, are, <laughs> the games are one thing, you know, when the ball goes <laughs> into the bucket, that's one thing. But it's the it's the eye emojis. It's the bomb emojis. It's yep. the flame emojis on Twitter that we're here for. Right. Oh, we're here for all the drama, all the juice, all the things that make NBA Twitter as great as it is. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned, you mentioned what you just did because I was here in a mood where I'm like, okay, I got to find some shows to watch. Like, yeah. am I going to get into the bachelor? Like what, what's going Bargo on? Bargo right has now? been great. Like Chris <laughs> right. Rock's been killing it on Bargo. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, it's like, no NBA season, December 22nd, the draft is next week, which means free agency is a couple days later, which obviously means, Oh, Shit's about to hit the fan. Yeah. And as soon yeah. as the glimmer of the NBA season being close to us, here come all the rumors, which is, yeah. as you mentioned, why we started this podcast, why we love this podcast. Of course, we love the games, but we know everything else that surrounds the games is what makes the NBA the best league in the world. And for Raptors fans, there's an obvious place to start because there's so much drama and discussion about where the Toronto Raptors are going to play. And shouts to Michael Grange, who had the latest on it recently. He dropped an article talking about how Tampa Bay is emerging as a potential destination to host the Raptors. Now, of course, the preference from everyone involved with the team and the league would be for the Raptors to play in Toronto. But what do you think about some of the uh, Tampa Bay, but also some of the other possible destinations for the Raptors to play this season? Yeah, well, so there was like Louisville was in there, like Kansas City, I think, was in there for a minute. But But you know what's funny about all that stuff? I feel like those people were trying to make it a thing. I don't know how much those things were ever actually like on the table. But I don't say because even Pat Mahomes was trying to make Kansas City a thing, and it's like. it's like mean girls. It's like, stop trying to make Fletch happen, okay? Stop trying to make it happen. Buffalo is still trying to be here, trying to steal Buffalo. another one of our Toronto teams. Like, get out of here, Buffalo. Buffalo makes sense. Buffalo. No, makes but get sense. your own teams. You got the Jays as a gift. Get your own teams, <laughs> Buffalo. Leave our squads alone. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter where they play. 
because okay. while I think that, uh, th- you know, the NBA is not the only sport that's going to try and do this, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of noise being made about like, oh, you know, when we let fans in or how many, what's our capacity yeah. going to look like? But man, you look at the, and I don't mean to turn this into a news podcast, but if you look at what's going on in the States and here yeah. in Canada, yep. as a fan of the NBA, as a fan of going to live sports, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I would not yeah. feel comfortable going. And I see that the Warriors have a plan to let 50% capacity yeah. in. It's so, like, this is this just is, like billionaires trying to get rich. So this is why we vibe. This is why we do a podcast because you literally just said that. And as you were talking, I was bringing up the info on the Warriors because I just saw that today too. So this was from Ramona Shelburne. And I think this is very uh this is very important, right, to what's going on right now. But she says, for eight months, Warriors owner – For eight months, Warriors owner Joe Lacob has worked on a secret project, quote, Operation Dub Nation. Safely return fans amidst a pandemic, the team is prepared to spend $30 million to test 10,000 people on game days with a rapid test that's 90% accurate. Lacob says, quote, I not only want to get this done to show the world how we can do it now, I'm willing to spend the money to do it. This is a serious, serious problem. It cannot go on for multiple years because if this is where, if this were to go on for several years, the NBA is no more. So they're working on this rapid testing thing. And I, I thought this was going to happen. And I've always been on the side where I thought Webby somehow they were going to work out for the Raptors to play in Toronto. And obviously there's still time to do that. Obviously that's what everybody wants to happen. But I think the biggest difference between what happened with the Jays and what's happening now with the Raptors is just time, right? Like we know there's more testing available. There's more things like this, a rapid testing people know. I mean, again, not to make things too political, but we know that there's more um, like the vaccine info is coming. Like there's more things coming as opposed to when the Jays had to make their decision or the Canadian government had to make their decision in terms of letting the Jays and MLB teams travel into the city. Now I think it's just a different situation. Then you add in the other layers. and, And again, Everything is still super serious. The pandemic numbers are still rising. We get all that. We understand all that. I just think there's, a, there's just more uh, information and technology out there to where you could have rapid testing, which even if it's not for fans, like Lacob's doing this for the fans, but even if it's not available for the fans, if that's just for the players to keep the players safe so that you can play in Toronto, that still is a thing. That would be a thing that's beneficial for the team, no? And mm-hmm. also... Masai and Trudeau, we know they got a bat phone, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that has to matter on some level. I'm not saying Trudeau is Trudeau can't just be like, yep, we're going to let the Raptors do this. Like, that's right. not how it works. But I'm saying having a pre existing relationship helps. Yeah, absolutely. Just like that, uh, the movement of information. It, it, like, yeah. Masai, we know, isn't going to make a decision without having all the facts there. But mm-hmm. I think that this story about Tampa or where the Raptors are going to play goes to show you already how seriously they're going to take it and that it's probably not going to be in Toronto for this season. And honestly, with the NBA turning around this season as quickly as they are and getting these games in before the new year Mm -hmm. and having a 72 game season, like, I'm totally cool with that. And like, let's do that. Let's get these players paid. So, you know, they're not going to avoid these contracts and all this escrow talk. Like, 
But the thing is, is let's make sure that all the fans are going to be safe for yeah. next year. For sure. You know, and, and, sure. and when NBA, you know, once the vaccine is easily available to everybody and, uh, you know, like, because it's not going to be like the new year comes, we're all going to have a vaccine. Yeah. It, it's yeah. going to be kind of slowly, you know, so let's make sure everybody's safe. Let's make sure every, like this COVID thing is turn the corner and let's look at the 2021, 2022 season. Mm-hmm. I, this Lake of thing, this is a team that just opened a brand new stadium in San Francisco. There sure. are layers to this, why he wants to spend millions to protect his investment of billions. Right. Correct. But the thing is, it's like, that's cool, but let's use that plan when there's not 150,000 cases a day. Exactly. And, and you bring up such a great point on, on multiple tips. One, uh, the big reason why they wanted to start December 22nd is to save the dates of next season, right? So that next season can still start on time. That's why they didn't really want to push back the start of the upcoming season back too far. And you mentioned um, just what Joe Lacob's doing. There's a couple of things there because you know that obviously if this works for the Warriors, other teams and other owners will join in and kind of be on the same wavelength, right? But I saw it earlier and I thought that there was info about the Lakers fans. Yeah, so the Lakers will not host fans to start the season and here are other teams and here's where other teams stand on COVID-19 protocol. So you're going to have these lists where things come out where certain teams are just going to be like, no, this is not a thing. But that's why I think having the rapid testing will help because again, it might not be for the fans, but if you can keep the organization safe, if you can keep the players safe, maybe that allows you to play in your home arena as opposed to having to go to Tampa, which, you know, affects different things. Like, dude, there's a draft next week, right? There's free agency next week. If I'm trying to sign with the Raptors and I'm a free agent, I might want to know where you're playing this upcoming season. So there's a lot of different things at play. And the one thing that's key to me is you mentioned Masai and the organization. Notice they've been pretty quiet this whole time. This hasn't been a thing where anyone's out here giving press conferences or giving speeches or giving interviews where they're talking about, well, we want to play here. Or we might not play there. Or we might not like that stuff's not been coming from the Raptors or, or their organization at all. And to me, that tells you that there's a plan and they want to say in Toronto, but they also know this will be a public image battle and they don't want to say or do anything that might sway that. Right. Absolutely. Speaking of public image battles, though, <laughs> there's another one going on in Raptorland right now. And I don't want to say it's a battle because I don't think it is a battle, right? I think it's very simplistic, Yeah. but it involves your man's Fred Van Fleet. Yeah. And he made some news. He made the internet a buzz. NBA Twitter was lit up because he was on JJ Redick and Tommy Alter's podcast called Old Man in the Three. And if you haven't checked that out, it's a great pod. JJ Reddick and Tommy do a great job with that pod. Great yeah. guests. But they had Freddie on. And for Raptors fans, it is a must watch. Freddie is great as always. But the thing that made the headlines, Mr. Fred Van Fleet, with this quote, when asked about, you know, what he's thinking as free agency nears, quote, I'm trying to get paid, man. I don't have to tell people I value winning. Look at my story. I've won a championship and now it's time to cash out. So obviously the I'm trying to get paid, man, when you see it, and even if you just hear that clip, it comes out very one-sided, but we know that there's context to it. 
and we gave you the bit of the context. He does value winning. But what did you make of this quote and when you saw this flying around the internet earlier this week? He's earned it. Uh, he's Mr. Bet on himself. He mm-hmm. bet on himself and he won. And now why wouldn't you then take those winnings to the bank, man? Like that's, yeah. if you're not, then you're not, what, what are you playing <laughs> the game for? You know, exactly. why, if you're betting on yourself, that means when you win, you're going to cash out. Mm-hmm. Now, does, do I think that that means that, you know, like he's definitely leaving Toronto? No, I don't. No. In fact, I think that the Raptors are probably still in the lead of, being able to re-sign him rather than him going to another team because, mm-hmm. like we've been saying all along, he really fits in the Raptors' system of how they play. And, and could he succeed with another team in another system? Yes, maybe. But he knows that he's uh, in a winning system here and that Masai probably will you know, open the checkbook for him. Yeah, I mean, I love it. And from Freddie's standpoint, he he's right, you know? And I feel like a lot of people in their current jobs or current situations feel the exact same way. You want to get paid what your value is. You want to get paid what you believe you're worth. The fact that he just said it is a thing that I... I don't want to say caught people off guard, but that's going to fly in this era of 2020. A player coming out and saying, I'm, I'm trying to get paid, right? Like, no matter what the situation is, that's going to make headlines and i give him credit for that and you know some people find it the the clickbait aspect of it i love the realness of it and i don't think that in watching the full interview and also knowing freddie you know that it's not for clickbait you know that it's not for show he's just having a really candid conversation with two of his dudes and that's what you get that's what you like but if i switch it here and ask you now we know he's trying to get paid but should that be by the toronto raptors (laughs) <laughs> should the Toronto Raptors be paying him his money? And, and I'll, I'll, I want to, I'm going to put a little gauge here for you, right? Because okay. I think this is tough. Okay. There's so many different layers to this. If I'm Fred, of course I want to get paid and I want to get paid in Toronto, right? Built your career here. You want to chip, mm-hmm. you can like the, you fit the legacy fit the torch well. is there for you to be from Kyle to pass the torch to you. You can go forward with Siakam. You have the core, but if I'm Maasai, right, it's more about numbers. And to me, that number seems to be around the $20 million mark because what's out there is the more that that number for Freddie goes above 20 mil, the less chances or the less space you have to sign Giannis potentially next summer, which is a whole other story, which we don't got to get into that side of it. But, but it, I, it plays into it this plays. decision in a big way. Plays huge, plays huge. So if we put that number around 20 mil, and I think a really good comp is Malcolm Brogdon, who last year signed a deal with the Pacers, right? Which was for, I have it written down here, 85 mil over four years, right? Which is an average of 21, 21.25 mil per season. If I put that as a baseline, would you sign Freddie up for that number? Yeah, I would. Because it then leaves you with a little more wiggle room. The thing is that you have to, you've got some really tough decisions to make if you're Masai Ujiri. And one of them is how realistic are your chances to land Giannis? Yeah. Because I'm not sure that you're in the top three, top four places that he's looking at. And that's no dig against the Raptors. You know how I feel about Giannis. I think that is probably a better idea if they don't (laughs) pursue him and instead pursue winning basketball players. (laughs) 
But the thing is, what you don't want to do is leave all of that money. You don't want to be put out there like the Knicks or the Mavericks a couple of years ago when everybody was clearing cap for LeBron. And then a lot of teams were left holding a full bag of money with trash to spend it on. You know, or or guys, not trash, because Amari, I love Amari. He's not trash, but he was definitely over the hill by the time the Knicks paid him all that money. Well, hold on. Even just the Knicks last year, right? Like, they cleared all this space for Kyrie and KD (laughs) and then ended up having to use all that space on, like, who did they get? Like, Julius Randle, (laughs) Taj Gibson, uh, Bobby Portis. Like All power forwards. (laughs) Only power forwards. It was the weirdest thing ever, but you're right. A lot of teams get caught up in the mistake of, you know, the overvaluing, I'll say, of the cap space. And, you know, to me, if the way that I look at this, honestly, it's about the expectations that if you have from a Raptors fan base, but also if I'm Masai Ujiri. And what are your ex- expectations going forward, even just heading into next year? You mentioned, you know, a lot of difficult decisions to make with your roster, but, you know, the Terrence Davis situation, which I'm definitely not getting into that without Mm. enough information, but I'm just saying from a basketball roster standpoint, that's a factor, right? Like that plays a role in how you handle this Fred Van Fleet thing. So even with that, what are your expectations heading into next year? Are you good enough with Fred and Pascal being your core if not if they're not your first and second best player then they're your second and third best players and then how do you feel about that going up against Giannis in the Bucks or Jimmy in the Heat Kaidi Kate Kaidi Kaidi in there Kaidi maybe that's like their combo shoe yeah. uh, Kyrie and KD with the Nets the Celtics your Sixers there's all these teams that are still going to be in the hunt and in the mix and when I look at this Raptors team and and you say the core is going forward for the next three years how realistic is it that you think Fred and Pascal can be against those other cores and that I think is a very important part you bring up a great point though because if you don't do that if you don't bring back Fred then what are you doing yeah, but the th- the other thing is is that this is where Masai starts to earn his cred and his mm-hmm. paycheck, you know? Yeah. Because this is where, you know, who can you bring in to continue the legacy, the, the mm-hmm. system that you've created now for this team and for Nick Nurse? Who yep. can you develop uh, from draft picks or the G League? Yep. What bargains out there can you find in free agency or in trades? that you can bring in that can seamlessly, because that's the whole thing. It's like, again, I wouldn't want to be left holding the full bag of money after the musical chairs have gone around and I miss out on Giannis, right? Where Mm -hmm. instead over this next two seasons, I can start to really craft a team. Therefore, when Giannis does make his decision, guess what? We're ready to go. And we've got our core of uh, Fred, Pascal. And I think the guy that you're missing there is OG. OG, who's up and then, next year. Who have I now added in to fill in those complementary parts or maybe to take a more of a leading role? Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about it later, but there's another guy out there who mentioned the Raptors by name Yeah. in yeah. a rumor and mm-hmm. somebody who, if you sit back and think about it, shit, that would be a huge yeah, move for yeah. Toronto. 
We'll, we'll get there for sure. We'll get there for sure. But I love what you said about the Raptors and their organization because the strength of the Raptors team, right, and the biggest thing, and I, I've said this all along and fans of the pod and, and, you know, the On Blast Network will know this, right? Before Kawhi, after Kawhi, the strength of this Raptors organization from time, the past seven years, has been the organizational depth built by Masai Ujiri. Now, the difference maker of Kawhi is what got you a championship, but the foundation that makes you a good team in terms of regular season success being expected is by what you just explained. Masai Ujiri being able to put the pieces together when you don't have that superstar or that top line, you know, top of the line NBA player. How can I make the other pieces fit? And you're right. He's going to get to work. He's going to get moving. So for me, that the look of where Freddie fits into all this is very interesting. And I think for Raptors fans, a realistic conversation needs to start happening because there's a lot of things that come out. You know, you see the list of free agents available and like, let me ask you something, right? I see a list where Fred Van Fleet is number three on a free agent list. And like DeMar is number 10. Is Fred Van Fleet really better than DeMar DeRozan? Do you know what I mean? And and my, well, my I point think is, that, I think my he's point is the conversation is, right. is like, that's a conversation. Like, I don't see that Fred is like way above, like I'd way rather have Fred than DeMar. Right. I don't get that. That's just me. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the realistic question I have for you and Raptors fans, and please, as we say all the time on the pod, send in the comments, send in the questions. We want to hear them. Where do you agree? Whether you disagree. But I still don't know what Fred Van Fleet actually is, right? Because Malcolm Brogdon, as people talked about last year, was a potential all-star before he got hurt. Freddie had a solid season and his numbers were all right, but his his numbers are comparable to Malcolm Brogdon. But I still don't know what Fred Van Fleet is. Can he prove yet that he can be healthy for a full season? We forget this, but he missed about 20 games last year, and that was only a 70-ish game season. Right. So the start of the playoffs said again, Freddie was going to tell us not versus the nets, but against the Celtics, how much he was really going to be worth this season. So we saw that in the Celtics series, he didn't play that well. And when the chips were down at the end of the game and he was trying to get buckets and make moves, it wasn't really there. And again, this is not saying that he's a bad player, but when we're talking about these things, we're talking about levels, right? And we talk about it all the time. There's levels to this shit, and this is just real. Can Fred Van Fleet be your second best player on the championship team? Can he be the third best player on the championship team? I don't think so. And, and what I'm using from this is we've seen it, right? Even the championship run, he didn't show up the first two series. If that's your second best player, you lose already, right? Like if, if that's what the expectations are. So it's great to say you had a good finals and it was fine to say people bring up things like, oh, he could have won finals MVP, but that's not real. That just sounded nice, right? Like it's not real that he could have been finals MVP. Am, am I way off here? So, so do you know what I'm saying? So to me, it's like, what is your realistic expectations if you're getting Fred Van Fleet and you're bringing him back? Because if I'm a side, I'm sliding the 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 piece of paper over and I'm saying, yo, four years, four years, 80 mil. This is what it is. This is what we can do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I completely agree with you. I think that Masai's got a firm number and he says, okay, here it is. 
-hmm. Take it or leave it. Because, hey, you want to go play in Charlotte where they're going to pay you Teddy Rozier money? You want to go play the Knicks Knicks, where they're going to pay you, you know, Julius Randle money? Be my guest. Because Mm -hmm. my guess is is that you're not going to be in a winning system that's going to highlight your strengths and downplay your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And you're (laughs) – and sure, you're going to – you've bet on yourself and now you've got a bigger house, but – you're not winning anything and you're not in a, in the right system. So if Masai can play a little bit of hardball with him and, and listen for in, in all credit to Fred, he may tell him to go get stuffed and yeah, I'm going to yeah. go get paid and get mine, which is yeah. totally fine because totally then if, you're, fine. if you're Masai, you probably got plans B, C, D through X, you know, yeah. and that's fine. But I agree with you that yes, having a hard number, sliding that paper across and it working out to about 20 mil a year, Four years. I cause did he do four years at Wichita State? Yes. Yeah. 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 He's safe for senior year. Yeah. Yeah. So four that's what years. I'm saying. Are you getting? And that's the other part of this. A four-year contract. Are you? Is Fred gonna really be improving all of those four years? And we had the same conversation about Pascal. So again, and this isn't a knock because I want to emphasize this, right? Like when we're having this conversation and we're bringing up things that happened in the playoffs, that's just a knock. That's not a knock, sorry. These are just facts, right? Like the game was on the line and you gave Fred the ball and we saw what was happening down the stretch and it wasn't looking pretty at all. The shooting numbers were down in the playoffs against the Celtics and they were against the Nets, which is expected. But again, if you're talking about I'm making an investment going forward, There is an argument to be made that if you're the Raptors, you gave the man the money, you gave him the NBA opportunity, you gave him the nine mil last year, and hey, if you can go out and get 25 a year, more power to you, blessings, thank you, we appreciate you. Maybe there'll be a time where you come back and the jersey's up in the Raptors, who knows? You'll always be beloved in Toronto, but that's the other part. You can still be a star in Toronto off the court as well, I don't know if that happens to you if you go to New York. So there's a lot of different things there. And I can't wait to see how it plays out. But if you're asking me the most likely scenario, I think he stays in Toronto. And Masai yeah. gives him the 20, maybe 21 a year. I think he stays in Toronto. Yeah. If you're asking me. Do I agree. you agree with that? You think so I too? I agree. Because I think he knows where his bread is buttered. You know, I think he's smart enough to understand that he's in a good situation here. And the Raptors are are smart enough, I think, to know exactly what you said, that it's a good situation for them as well. Keep Freddie, someone you know who's in your system, you know how he works hard, you know the habits, you're keeping your core going forward. It makes sense on both sides to stay. The other part that I'll leave you with, because I know you're a Philly fan and your man's Kyle Lowry, Philly's finest, that's going unnoticed here. Right after the Raptors were eliminated from the playoffs, in that same press conference, Kyle Lowry was talking about how excited he would be to see Freddie get his money. (laughs) So when I hear Freddie out here talking about, oh, I'm going to get this and I'm going to get that, and I hear Kyle say that from then, and then I go back into the memory and remember Kyle Lowry holding out, quote unquote, or, oh, sitting out training camp, right, before he got paid. It's just another interesting subplot to where it's a reminder of these are just the games that happen in the NBA, and I love it. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll see how the Fred Van Fleet situation turns out, and we'll see how a lot of these other situations turn out in the NBA because, as mentioned, it was lit this week. So much going on. and It all seemed to start, too, 
mm-hmm. with Daryl Morey going to the Sixers. You're right. That was like the biggest non-player move that then once that happened, it seemed like the switch went on and then all this other news started to come out. And the thing too with the Daryl Morey and even go back to the Doc Rivers going to the Sixers, that is one of the birth childs of the bubble. Yeah. Right? Because you know those are conversations that had to be going on while all of those people were still in the bubble because it happened way too quickly afterwards. And even now, as we're hearing some of these rumors that pop out, the same thing. I feel like a lot of these conversations had to get started in the bubble. And the reason why I say that is because I'll start here. Cuffs the legend, okay? Who, if you follow this podcast, you know. You know, a he's a must follow. follow on Twitter. He's, he's must a must follow, follow on Twitter. So on November 2nd, okay, he tweeted out the following, quote, going to share some spicy Westbrook news in the next 24 to 48 hours. Now, he didn't follow that up, but a few days later, we got from Woj and uh, Tim McMahon of ESPN, James Harden and Russell Westbrook's uncertainty about the Rockets' direction has left their front office, quote, fearful of losing its stars they haven't asked for a trade but it's quote plausible eventually or sorry it's quote plausible eventual possibility think about that for a second a plausible eventual possibility that is a a tongue twister like what and it's so many qualifiers well it's plausible (laughs) that it's an eventual possibility Possibility. incredible (laughs) right so the the reason we bring this up now we're going to do something we've done before on this pod when we got a lot of juice i'm just going to read you some headlines read you some tweets some nba hot goss and you're going to tell me webby on a scale of one to five flame emojis five being the highest how much you love these rumors because a lot of things are going on in the nba right now and you mentioned starting with you know daryl morey going to the sixers and then soon after we're hearing rumors about james harden maybe going to the sixers too all these things are popping up but i'm gonna ask you so i'm just gonna read a headline and you're gonna tell me five being the highest but one to five flame emojis how much you love and would like to see this rumor become reality okay sound good hit me Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So Shams reported that Russ wants out of the Rockets. Rumors are flying that he could end up to the Hornets or the Knicks. But Shams followed up with the Hornets are emerging as a, quote, potential suitor for Russell Westbrook. Mr. Andrew Webster, one to five flame emojis. What are you feeling? Oh, I mean, I'm going to give it four. Just because of um, kind of what Russ, if you had told me this three years ago, I would have given it six. But just because of the way that the NBA has kind of changed the playing style and and where Russ uh, kind of fits in with the NBA right now, uh, I'm going to give it a four. Because first of all, it's getting a four because you're bringing up the New York Knicks. And (laughs) that flame emoji might be coming from a dumpster fire. (laughs) <laughs> which would be good, still can warm your hands. And then the other side of it is the Hornets. And just the, the Westbrook-Jordan dynamics is, is, something, is something that I would really like to see. So that's getting a four. It would be a, a straight five had Russ been coming off an MVP season. But okay. both, I mean, I would just, I, I'd love to see it either way. 
and you know seeing russ in those jordan brand because russ is a jordan brand athlete but russ in those new hornets unis i don't know with, if you the, saw those. with the hive or what is it buzz city is that those what it are, says those are fire i mean Speaking the, of a lot of these, a lot of these new jerseys the city jerseys that have come out have been trash uh sixers included but uh, but those Charlotte ones and the uh, the Spurs ones today were ooh, yes. so sick. I did see those. Those are cool for sure. For me and Russ going to the Hornets, I think that would be an interesting move. I, I, I kind of like it. I mean, Russ at this stage of his career going to the Hornets, making them at least somewhat relevant. You know, if the Hornets are on, I'm going to turn that on. League pass. That. League pass. Yeah. 100%. I'm going to turn it on and watch that. Uh, the Knicks. I'm all for the Knicks chaos. So if they really wanted to get Russell Westbrook, cool. I'm here for that. I'm here for the Knicks just doing Knicks things. So yeah. I'm here for that. Why not? Like throw it at the wall, see if it sticks. We're the New York Knicks. That's what we do. I'm going to give that one a three flame emojis. Though. I'm going to give that one okay. a three flame emojis. Uh, Brandon Robinson, known on Twitter as Scoop B, dropped this one a little earlier today, right? And says This was today, right? Today. Today, yeah. yes. There have been preliminary trade talks between the Rockets and Clippers about a huge trade involving Paul George to the Rockets and Russell Westbrook, Robert Covington, and a pick going the other way to the Clippers. Mr. Andrew Webster. <laughs> How many flame emojis is that one getting? I give it a tan. I give it a tan <laughs> flame emojis because now you're really talking my language because now okay. you're talking about two stars yep. uh, who both joined their respective teams this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the 2023 first round pick that the Clippers <laughs> are getting because if the Rockets have Paul George and no Harden, yep. even if they have Harden, 2023 they're going to be garbage and that pick is going to come up for the clippers and they're going to pick you know brawny or whoever is going to be available in 2023 (laughs) so i love i love the is it unprotected uh, the unprotected first round 2023 pick just oh it's a delight but the two stars who Mm -hmm. just joined their teams then switching places is great you also get paul george who is uh, a choker (laughs) Uh, going to one, uh, I was reading an article today about how Houston is now the worst sports city in America. Mm -hmm. So that's great too. Having a choker go to the, uh, go, go, go to Houston, uh, (laughs) would be great. Would be great. So yeah, no, that's, that's a good one. I really like that one. Yo, the other part to this too, is not only the two star players who just got to their teams, but two teams that gave up all of their future assets. I'm surprised to get the, these two star players. I'm surprised Houston has a 2023 first round draft pick. How is that? Doesn't but it belong to Oklahoma City or doesn't this, it? This can't be real because here's the thing, right? Oh my God. If you're Paul you, George, just no, 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 so good. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, from a basketball standpoint, I would rather have Russell Westbrook than Paul George. That's me. I'm not saying everybody's going to agree with that, but even if we just say, even if we just said it's close, right? I would definitely much rather have Russell Westbrook and a first round pick than Paul George. And which means I would definitely. And so you could even get me to think about Robert Covington and a 2023 first round pick. I'm not saying that I would do it, but the fact that I would at least think about it means 
If you're telling me I'd only have to give up Paul George to get Russ Covington and a first round pick, where do I sign? So this can't be true. I, only, I love the craziness of it, but it can't be true. The only other thing too, why this would never work is because you know who else is on the Clippers. Oh, Pat Bev. Yeah. He'd have to and be going the other way. He'd have to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Launch him into the sun. Like he, <laughs> Pat Bev and, and Russell Westbrook being in the same room doesn't seem like it could it could work out. Yeah, no, that one doesn't make sense at all. And the Clippers, I mean, there's a lot going on with the Clippers right now. And really, as we've seen, Doc being gone and Ty Lue being in, we know that anything is possible with the Clippers right now. But Stephen A. Smith and Ryan Rossillo, two like credible, credible, credible people with sources plugged into many different NBA circles. Both were saying that Kawhi Leonard, who we've already heard earlier this this offseason, has been asking for point guard help, so we've been told. But Stephen A. and Rosillo both saying that Kawhi has reached out to CP3 and wants him on the Clippers. Oh, God. Mr. Webster, out of five flame emojis, what are we saying here? So uh, I give the other one a 10. Okay, okay, just because of the completely unrealistic aspect <laughs> of that trade. This one okay. gets just uh, – it ju- just gets five. Okay. Because as crazy as this is, mm-hmm. it's, it could happen. Yeah. Because, yeah. because you've got Kawhi saying that he wants it to happen. And mm-hmm. if you're Balmer, uh, owner of the Clippers, or you're running the Clippers, mm-hmm. uh, you know that you have to keep Kawhi happy. And so bringing Chris Paul back, like Marty McFly going <laughs> back to the future, it would be so sweet. And, and like, I mean, why not pick up the phone to Detroit and say, Ooh, wow. wow. I mean, like, too? Whoa, can, whoa, we, whoa, whoa, whoa. can we get the band back together here? See, now, like, you're, go- now you're getting crazy. Now you're going why are, crazy. Why are we stopping at Chris Paul? No, <laughs> but that's, I mean, again, and then there you go. Like, it, it seems like in all of these rumors, Pat Beverly is just put on a rocket ship and sent to them. <laughs> yes. He's oh, gone. for sure. For sure. Totally. Uh, I love this one a lot because – Kawhi, we know one of the biggest complaints that we've heard from the rumblings in Clipperland was that he didn't think the team was smart enough, yeah. right? And especially from a point guard standpoint. So getting the point God, Chris Paul, obviously mm-hmm. makes sense. Chris Paul still has a relationship with Balmer, which we know matters. Now, the assets that you would need to give up, does that include Paul George? Probably not. So Back maybe you're just talking Oklahoma about getting – <laughs> yeah, so maybe you're just talking about getting out of the contract. So then yeah. you're talking Pat Bev, Lou Will, Zubach, right? Like that's what you're talking, Magruder, I think. You're doing that to add up to it. But then it comes down to, well, what is in that for OKC, right? Like you're just clearing the Chris Paul money, but you're not getting uh, more draft picks, which I don't even know if they can handle more draft picks with the amount that they already have from prior deals. But I love this trade. And the thing too was Stephen A gave it more context because we know the Lakers also could be in the market for a point guard. And he said that CP3 from what he was hearing wasn't really that into going to the Lakers because he doesn't really want to have the image of jumping on the Lakers. Like they're established already. They're already mm-hmm. there. They just won. They're doing what they they're doing already. But if he went back to the Clippers and went back to LA, 
he still has a home there, right? Like that's still CP3 turned yeah. that whole organization around. So yeah. it, it does make sense on a lot of levels. And honestly, if Kawhi and Lawrence Frank were able to pull that off, also I'm pretty sure he has a good relationship with uh, Ty Lu, which obviously yeah. matters as well. So, you know, there's a lot of things there where there's too much smoke right now floating around the Clippers that using our flame emojis, I'm going to give this a five. There's got to be something that's legit here. Got to be. Yes. There's something that's going to happen with the Clippers very soon. That's going to, we're all going to be like, Oh shit. (laughs) Uh, Let's stick with Chris Paul for a sec here because um, Brian Windhorse said that the thunder had given Chris Paul permission to talk to the Suns, and there was momentum towards a deal. He said, quote, I think it's over 50, 50, I think there's momentum towards it. Now, this was a couple of days ago before, you know, these latest rumors about Chris Paul to the Clippers. But the point is, Chris Paul's name is out there. Mr. Andrew Webster, in terms of Chris Paul going to the Suns, how many flame emojis would that one get? I, you know what? This is because it was so long ago, like okay. almost like a week ago. I, this okay. is down to one flame emoji. It was okay. like, okay. And, and I've got... Uh, I've got people in Oklahoma City uh, mm-hmm. who are a little connected, with, and they were already planning on who they were going to trade Kelly Oubre to once they brought <laughs> him over. It was like, oh, guys, let's just pump the brakes there because mm-hmm. it's not just the Suns or the Clippers that are involved in these Chris Paul talks. There's also yeah. Philadelphia 76ers that are involved mm-hmm. in these Chris Paul talks, apparently very cursory uh, um, negotiations going on. Daryl Morey okay. already revving up that engine a little bit, which I like. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, and then I think the Bucks are the Bucks should be in on it, but who knows? They haven't been official. But there's been a few teams in these Chris Paul negotiations. Yeah. But this Suns one only gets a one for me because just because in in this instance you get that news broken first doesn't mean that you're getting Chris Paul. Agreed. It might make yeah. sense for the Suns, mm-hmm. but it, then in another way, like, I don't know. I just, I just think, seem... I just think it, it makes sense for the Suns. It doesn't make sense the other way because for Chris if you're, Paul, right? But for, for OKC, like, why would you want Ricky Rubio, Ubre, and like a pick? Like I wouldn't want that at all, but also on top of that, you mentioned uh, just the news cycle and how that plays out. Now, you got to remember a few things here, right? Rosillo reported that Devin Booker, there's already rumblings that Devin Booker wants He's gone. He's gone. I already figure he's gone. So do you put this Chris Paul news out there to kind of make it seem that, you know, oh, we're doing stuff. Oh, we're trying to win now. Do you know what I mean? Just to kind of maybe chill on the Devin Booker rumors? I don't know. Yeah, but I think that that, I think that, that ship has already left the port. I think that yeah. Devin Booker is already, like, you want to talk about what was going on in the bubble. Like, yeah. one of the big things, it's like, it was great that the Suns got there, but in the long run, it's going to kind of kill their team because you know that Devin Booker was just getting courted by buddies. Like, yo, come play with us, you know, or come play with us. You know, so I think that he's already decided that his team, his tenure in Phoenix is already over. Yeah, I mean, it's super weird anyway. So, you know, that one, I'm with you. Chris Paul to the Suns, I'm giving that low. I'll I'll join you on the one flame emoji there. Uh, We'll heat things up a little bit more here because I know you're interested in this. James Harden, okay? 
So the first news came out after the Westbrook and Harden stuff, which we mentioned already. Harden, I guess, leaked to his own people that, oh, he's still paying attention to what Houston is doing and he's not fully all the way out yet, right? Who knows what's going on? But again, where there's smoke, I believe there's got to be some fire. And if Russ is leaving, why is James Harden going to want to just stay there with nobody? That also makes no sense to me either. So reports here, James Harden reportedly has Miami, Brooklyn, and Philadelphia on his wish list if he were to request a trade from Houston. Now, hold on. Just that statement alone is very, very NBA Twitter. <laughs> That's almost Your like- wish list? If you were to request a trade from Houston, what? That's like what? presumably eventually a possibility. <laughs> right. <laughs> incredible. Incredible. So let's go through these teams first. Okay. James Harden to Miami out of five flame emojis. Mr. Andrew Webster, where are you at? Uh, I mean, the news about Miami, I give it a three, but I don't see it. I don't see really that as a possibility. No, no, he's not a he's not a heat play. He's not. No. I can't see James Harden buying into the heat he mentality. Might a, he might be a South Beach guy. <laughs> I don't exactly. know about a Miami Heat culture guy, right? Um, and Brooklyn? we we kind of already know that the Heat have their eye on Giannis next year, and so that doesn't really make any sense. Okay, so I'll I'm giving that low emojis as well. That gets like You're a okay. one as well. I'll right? give it a two. I'll give it a two. Brooklyn. Just because Harden James- in South Beach would be crazy. <laughs> okay, okay. Moving on, James Harden to Brooklyn. What are we thinking there? Uh, see, again, like, it, it, it doesn't make sense because a guy like Harden needs to shoot the ball. Okay. He's going to a team with two guys who I'm looking at that team already, like, there's only one ball to go around. And plus, the deficiency of that team isn't another shooter. But they also re-signed your boy, Joe Harris. Yep, so it's boy. like, it's, yo, he can hit. Uh, so, I don't see it happening. I Brooklyn, that's a, a not quite a long shot as, as Miami because of the, you know, the fit and the culture thing, but uh, it's still a long shot. But let's get to that. I'm going to give that, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to give Brooklyn a three flame emojis here. And it's just because, the Brooklyn hipster himself, James Harden, the Brooklyn hipster's dream of James Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets. That just makes too much sense. But also add in, you know, imagine the offense of, because we know Mike D'Antoni's there. We know they're going to try to do the whole seven seconds or less and just run, run, run. But you're telling me you're running up and down with Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant? That Three would guys who are ball stoppers. They're ball no. stoppers though. Ball stoppers, but here's here's the one thing I'll say. What is the one fatal flaw of James Harden? In crunch time, but in crunch time, where's James Harden? In crunch time, when it matters most in the playoffs, where's James Harden? Well, you don't got to worry about that. We've seen Kyrie's resume. We've seen Kevin Durant's resume. James Harden, you can sit in the corner like he was doing for the Rockets this season in the playoffs when it was crunch time. You can sit in the corner and do that because – Kyrie and KD are there to get busy. I don't really think that's going to happen. I don't really think it's realistic. But the other part is the Nets actually have the assets that if I were Houston and you tell me I could maybe get Dimwitty, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, like some combination of that, I might take that if I'm Houston. Mm -hmm. Because if you're losing James Harden anyways, at least my team is not then just trash. Like I'm getting some 
above average, serviceable, just below in terms of Karis LeVert, all-star status, I'm going to take that. But we'll move on to Philadelphia and how many flame emojis. James Harden rumor to Philadelphia. It makes too much sense. It's it it's okay. I'm it gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go. It doesn't it it doesn't even deserve a flame emoji. It deserves uh, it deserves a lock emoji. Oh, you know, wow. Okay, you're talking about the new president of basketball operations in Philadelphia, who has now put uh, Elton Brand under his under his wing. We've got a new coach. We need a new star, and who better? than the person who Daryl Morey personally mm-hmm. saw superstar aspirations in this player to come to Philadelphia and be what this team needs. Somebody who can put the ball in the hoop. Okay. It's not going to be, Oh, well he can't do it from eight feet. To, well, he can't score from eight feet to 22 feet or, or he's, you know, he's a post player. Why is he taking threes? If they can get Harden without giving up Simmons or Embiid, I'm hundred percent. I'm hundred percent. Oh, so you think? Hold on, hold on, hold on. You think that the Rockets would take some combination of like Al Horford, Thibel, Josh Richardson? Like that's why what not, you're thinking. Why not throw a Thibel in there? But here's the thing: I'm I'm pretty resigned to already. I'm I'm ready to move on from either Simmons or Embiid. Whoa! Okay. Like okay. I've seen this, I've seen this movie enough times. <laughs> okay, then I'm ready. Like everybody thought that I was, I was saying all this Giannis stuff about how he's a choker because I like Embiid. No, man, and get oh, these guys yeah. out of here. Okay. Okay. And these guys, okay. I need somebody who can give me thirty a night, forty a night in the playoffs. Give him the ball. Well, listen. <laughs> let's let's. Make sure we get like a top three seed first because we tried to do that last year. It didn't work out so hot. And uh, yeah, I would take, even if I had to give up Simmons or Embiid to get Harden, I would. Okay. In a heartbeat. He is the best scorer of our generation. Okay. And I think that he is a lock to end up on Philadelphia. Wow. A lock. See, here's, here's my one counter to that. If I am Tillman Fertitta, the owner of said Houston Rockets, aren't I a little salty about how this whole Daryl Morey thing played out? Like you cost me millions of dollars with your tweet. And then I didn't fire you, kept you around, right? You didn't win when I kept you around. You fumbled the bag with D'Antoni. You fumbled the roster. And then you remember, I didn't fire you but you figure out a way to get yourself a safe landing spot in Philadelphia, which means you're probably already working on all this from before. And now I'm going to also help you get James Harden, my best player. Not a chance. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you're Daryl Morey, you're thinking three steps ahead. (laughs) So if, if you don't some Jedi mind tricks, he's already been working. If you don't think he's already planted the seed into uh, Frittata's head and James Harden's head, that, listen, we're, I'm going to get to a better situation, a better <laughs> basketball town. There's a place called Teasers downtown. You're going to love it. 
like come with me to Philadelphia. It just makes too much sense. Okay. Okay. Hey, Webby, you know what? I would call you crazy, but it's the NBA. So, I mean, why can we say that that's not possible? Of course not. No. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's move on because there's still some other names that might be, you know, thought-worthy or important to some Raptors fans. But I'm going to read you this one from Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer. The Lakers have interest in training for DeMar DeRozan. The Spurs would get Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green. Where does this light up on your emoji scale from one to five? I can't give anything involving Kyle Kuzma and his mid sneakers more than a two flame emoji. <laughs> so it's get, it's getting a two flame emoji, and and we're just like if you can get an a, a former All Star yeah. for Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green, oh. you do it. Where do I sign up? Right, yeah. like you, I'd do that in a second if I'm the Lakers. I think that would be a great deal for them, and I think it'd be a great deal for Demar. Obviously, as an LA guy, but obviously, probably put in a position where if he's talking about championship, you're talking about being the third best player on a championship team. Raptors fans will remember Demar Derozan is good, right? And I know that the way that it played out, the way that it ended in Toronto, kind of hid that fact or has masked that fact for the last couple of years because of how well it worked for Kawhi and the Raptors. And it didn't really go so well for DeMar in San Antonio, right? Like they've maintained, they've still been in the playoffs, but the Raptors legit won a championship showing that DeMar can't be a number one. But that doesn't mean that he can't be a good number three, especially behind LeBron and Anthony Davis. I think this would be a great deal. And we talked a bit about it off air or I don't even remember if it was the start of the podcast or not, because the way that our conversation <laughs> It's just flows, so natural. It's just so I don't natural. Even know if we were, I don't know if we were recording yet or not, but I was talking about DeMar DeRozan and the way that we view him. Like all these free agency lists that are out there, I see Fred Van Fleet at three and DeMar DeRozan at like 10. And I'm thinking, hey guys, DeMar DeRozan is better than Fred Van Fleet. What are we <laughs> yeah. doing here? Right? Like, what are we talking about? So it's super interesting to me. And you're telling me, and again, an all-star you're adding to LeBron and the Lakers. I know people might be worried about the shooting aspect of it, but Caldwell Pope was extremely streaky as a shooter. And Danny Green. He was streaky, but like uh, a streak in my underpants. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. He was I'm, terrible. I've done enough slandering of Danny Green, so I'm not going to do that again. But the point remains, Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green for DeMar, where do I sign yeah. up? I love and, that. I'm going to give that only, one five emojis because I would not love only to that, see that happen. Not only that, but when they sign Serge Ibaka as a free agent, rounds Ooh. it out. Yeah, because there's rumors about Serge going to the Lakers or the Nets as well. I mean, this free agency period for the Raptors is hot and heavy for sure. And especially once we get to the next name, because this might be the funniest rumor that came out. <laughs> so I want to know, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming you're going to give this one five if I know you as well as I think I do. But Victor Oladipo reportedly asked other teams, quote, can I come play with y'all? Close quote, in front of his Pacers teammates. And it's reported to have happened with the Raptors, Heat, and Knicks. <laughs> You know it's got to be bad. You know you really hate Miles Turner when you're telling the Knicks, when you're asking oh, the Knicks man. if I can come play with you. Yeah, no, the, the, this one does get five emojis just for the back and forth on Twitter that's been going on because oh. this has a lot to do with Miles Turner okay. and, like, and his sister 
And oh yes, it, Oladipo has a twin sister. Is it? It's Oladipo's sister. That's right. Yeah. Going back Oladipo's and forth sister, with yeah. with Miles Turner and Victor Oladipo, just about how much they hate each other. And <laughs> again, like that's what I'm here for. It's like this kind of stuff. But then again, as we spoke about a little bit before with Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. Again, say you let Van Vliet walk, or even if you keep him, if you can add Oladipo to the mix here in Toronto, I think that's a a very, very, very big move. Because he still, and, even though he's coming off the injury, we saw him before that injury mm-hmm. play at a top 10 level, top 7 level in the NBA. He was on fire. And what's one thing that we know for sure about the Raptors organization? They have a great medical staff. We yeah. know that, right? So we've seen that before. That would be great. Um, again, I don't know how the Knicks play into that, and that's the only reason why I'm going to take that a notch down <laughs> and make that a four fire flame emojis just because, like, come on, man. Ain't nobody really trying to get on the Knicks, right? Like, come on. That's not, that, that doesn't make sense. But anyways, still great to hear. There's a lot of Drew Holiday rumors going on too. And if I was one of those teams like the Nets or Lakers or Clippers, Boston, I'd be trying to get Drew Holiday. There's a, yes, you mentioned, I think it was Kevin O'Connor that also had the rumors about Boston possibly trying to trade for Drew Holiday. That would be huge. But that would also be scary for the Raptors, man. Yeah. Yeah. Getting Drew Holiday on a good team in the East is like, I, that, that's a guy. Again, uh, you know, I said that Harden's a lock, but man, bringing Drew back to Philadelphia would be like, he'd yeah. be awesome. Like that's one guy who's, you know, not quite at that elite, elite, elite level mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, real, real heads would be like, oh, get him on my team because of yeah. how great he is defensively and how great he is as a leader. Like he's, he's a real piece that can make you into a, a real contender. Totally agree, man. Totally agree. Uh, So this week is about to get even crazier because the draft is next week. And the draft, so next week's going to be wild because there's going to be draft talk. And then we know free agency news is going to happen and there's going to be trades because all these things are just batched into like one quick window. And there's so much that I'm way more excited about the free agency and the trades than I am about the NBA draft, which doesn't mean that I won't be there to take it all in. Right, right. So no, we'll I'm, be there to take it all in. I might in have something step. I got to talk to you about, actually, yeah. maybe after when we're done, because okay. I don't know. But we'll, we'll talk about that after. But sorry, what were you going to say? I'm in lockstep with you. I know one name in the draft. I mean, obviously, it's, last year's college basketball season was like, yeah. who knows? But I may know one name in this draft. But this draft is going to be so entertaining because there are going to be some crazy, crazy things that not only happen, but are like announced as the draft is going. If we know anything from Woj, this is where he shines. And so there are just going to be some, there's going to be some crazy stuff going on. Oh, it's going to be incredible next week. So much, so many trades, so much free agency news all wrapped into one and having the draft be such a wild card where you mentioned the college basketball season, I mean, basically didn't end. And we know how many guys stocks can rise by having a good tournament. Yeah. Where I get to know them. For sure. And so you have so many things that could come up because there was no conference tournaments. There's no NCAA tournament. And the workout situation was oddly random too. So there's so much influx that my main question is about LaMelo ball. And it's the one name. That's the one name that I know. 
here's the thing, right? Like I'm familiar with James Wiseman's game and it was a crazy story of what happened to him at Memphis. He's being projected to go maybe to the Warriors. He's a big guy, super athletic, has some game, should be a solid NBA player. So there's like some guys there definitely who will be good. But the reason why I think the draft will be exciting is because nobody knows where anyone's going to go. And that's what makes it so interesting to me because it's such a wild card. LaMelo Ball might be one of the biggest wild cards while also being the biggest name in the draft. So I'm just going to ask you, if you were a team with a top whatever pick, top 10, top five, first overall pick, just plain and simple, would you draft LaMelo Ball to your team? Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Because okay. I think he's got more ability than Lonzo. I okay. think that he can do more uh, at this age than Lonzo could at when he got drafted. So yeah, I, w- I would draft LaMelo. So I go the other way. I would not draft LaMelo ball. And here's the thing too, right? No, no, no. It's not even about LeVar. I, I've always had a different take on LeVar. Yeah. I we, I LeVar. Think you've been pro <laughs> I praise LeVar. I praise LeVar because LeVar got his son drafted second overall in the NBA and Lonzo was never that good. And if you go back and listen to these podcasts that we were doing then heading into the draft, I was telling you De'Aaron Fox was going to be better than Lonzo Ball and Lonzo Ball wasn't that good. LeVar just spoke it and made people believe that Lonzo was really better than he was. But so he hasn't been making the rounds with LaMelo and LaMelo may go higher than Lonzo. True. Here's why I won't. Here's why I wouldn't take Lamelo, and I will say this much too. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but early pandemic, I watched a lot of Ball in the Family. I was getting caught up on Ball in the Family. I think we <laughs> talked about that on one of the episodes. Right, yeah. But Lamelo's journey through all these different leagues. Yeah. Countries. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know countries. how that qualifies. And he didn't really play well while he was playing up against the grown men, which. On top of that, I don't know how to rate the Australian league to the NBA. And I've always stated this, and I will even state where I was wrong about Luka Doncic, right? Because I I fully admit that. I don't know how that qualifies into the NBA. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go with what I don't know. And what I do know is that LaMelo Ball and the Ball name brings up a whole lot of added stuff. (laughs) I'll say that. And stuff that I don't need. So that's why I would not take LaMelo Ball. But we'll see. It'll be super interesting to see what happens next week with the draft. And we'll be doing something. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but we'll definitely do a pod, a ball on blast after the draft next week to recap what happened and all the jokes that are going down and all the memes and fun stuff from the draft night, which will be great. And also there'll be more free agency news, rumors, trades, and all that stuff. For sure. We'll have that next week on the pod. But we close each and every week with a little segment called Ask on Blast. And something that will not be missed going on next week that is also going on, but it doesn't have anything to do with the NBA, is the versus battle between Jeezy and T.I. And I'm simply going to ask you, Mr. Webster, who you got? Come on, man. It's the snowman. <laughs> it's the snowman all day. Uh, Come on. I asked, I asked the question already knowing the answer. Well, I can't wait for this. This is going to be incredible. I can't so wait. So is that this Saturday? It's Thursday. I'm pretty sure it's next Thursday. Next Thursday. Okay, cool, yes. cool. And Instagram Live versus Battle. Uh, this is one of the best ones. I mean, I, did, I haven't been looking forward to one 
like this since uh, since the classic uh, Primo and uh, and RZA that was like yeah. life changing. It was so good. So Jadakiss and Fabo, like this is hitting a totally different market for sure. Yes, right? like, yes, this is more in the sure. Jadakiss and Fabo lane, yes. more so than it is like the mainstream versus but battle. Both of these guys, I want to say what oh three maybe oh four to oh seven oh eight these guys couldn't miss both of these guys couldn't miss and And even a little earlier i mean when was rubber band man when was trap music right it's an it's super interesting because ti has more probably commercial or mainstream hits like for the average rap fan that's gonna tune in but in terms of the cult following Oh, Jeezy, Snowman. I mean, Snowman is. You could just put on Thug Motivation 101, and he might win off that alone. Right? Start track one. <laughs> right. So I can't wait for that. That's going to be so much fun. We'll also recap that next week on the pod. Depending on what day we end up doing it, who knows? Might be another Friday special. But either way, so much going on. Jeezy, I mean. I just have, I, I, Cab always laughed at me about this because I loved young Jeezy and I'd always be trying to, to, to push young Jeezy on people. But I always told him like, I don't need an alarm clock. I don't need coffee in the morning. When I, I roll over, I need to put on that Jeezy. Yes. Just put on that Jeezy hit play and I'm ready to get on with my day. Let's go. Between Thug Motivation 101, Thug Motivation 103, like, and I'm skipping over the mixtapes. Like it's just see that was the thing. It was it was the the first. I, I it might have been the second Snowman mixtape that I the Snowman. And, and it was like okay. So, and this was when I was like really into like okay, we got to find these mixtapes. These guys are yeah, rapping yeah. over like beats that I already love, and they're just. And then I hit this Snowman, and I was just like, oh boy, this is some cocaine rap, and, and he is going over these beats that is just amazing and i was just in and this isn't to take anything away from ti ti's catalog he has some bangers he has some street bangers as well he has some commercial hits he has all that jeezy is just one of my dudes that like sorry ti but maybe if you're going against someone else i could see it but nah it's going to be twitter is going to be so funny because that one's going to be a battle right and like it's going to be kind of like the jada kiss and fabulous one in the sense that they're if both going to be lit. Well, yes. But <laughs> how, like, that one was so dependent on how Fabulous played it. And Fabo started playing his, you know, commercial tracks, his commercial hits. And it was about how was Jada going to respond? Was Jada going to try to match him? Or is Jada just going to stick to his street shit, his <laughs> Jada shit, and keep his, his crowd hype? And Jada stuck to his shit and he one by most people's accounts and Listen, i feel like the same thing the, as soon as he drops possible. the as soon as he drops that they're going to use the scale that they weigh the whales with like that jam is done that is that is jada kiss is one it's over yeah i i can't wait for this gzti it's going to be so much fun and i can't wait for next week because there's going to be so much more basketball news to talk about and of course you can find us here again to discuss it all because we are here in the nba silly season and where else would you rather be than here with us on the ball on blast podcast chopping it up but webby now and then 
between that time, where can the people find you to hit you up to get all the info and information and what you're thinking about the NBA craziness? Uh, the, the flame emojis can be found uh, <laughs> on, uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. It's the same uh, username. It's the same tag. It's at a Webster 84. Uh, hit me up. And Sheldon, uh, I missed the, uh, I'll name this football pod later. Did you okay. take the Bengals this week? I will be taking the Bengals this week. Yeah, Let's I will go. be taking the Bengals Let's this week. Go. That line, if I'm not mistaken, so it's Bengals, Steelers, and obviously there's a lot in flux with Ben in COVID protocol and all that. But that line started out at nine and a half for the Steelers. And so many people jumped on your man's Joey covers. It took the line down to, I think it was at seven and a half at last check. And That's I still I like the Bengals at seven yeah. and a half. So, yeah. Bengals after there. a bye week, back in my life. I love it. <laughs> so much fun. Uh, and thank you for that segue in the, into the promo because we got a lot going on on the On Blast Network these days. Of course, and basketball fans, if you like what's going on here, we also got another pod, which is called, as Webby mentioned, I'll name this football pod later, where we discuss gambling, we discuss football from a gambling perspective. We're talking point spreads. We're talking sucker bets of the week. We're talking survivor picks for your survivor pool. All of those things. Rat Russell comes through, professional gambler, hosts his own gambling podcast, which he comes on our pod to kind of educate us here on the On Blast Network. Drop some knowledge, drop some facts, give you some teasers some parlays, just dropping some gambling knowledge. It's so much fun. We do that each and every week. That podcast is out every Thursday. And also on the On Blast Network, we recently just dropped an interview from the You Killed It pod, which is our challenge, Huge. MTV Huge The Challenge interview. podcast. Don't, 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 we don't had, play it down. You got to sell, it's huge. We had one of the stars of MTV's The Challenge, Ashley Mitchell. You might know her as Smashley, but Ashley what? Mitchell- Join us on the pod. Uh, it was great. She's one, I think, if not, no, two? Johnny Bananas just won. So she's number two on the all-time money list for the challenge. And, yeah, she joined us, hour-long conversation. She was great. It was so much fun. So, yeah, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you just scroll up somewhere, you're two clicks away from either of those two things, like and subscribe. If, even if you're not into it, Maybe one of your peoples are into it. Spread the love that is the On Blast Network as we continue to grow and keep the train moving. And as I said this, I can't leave without giving a huge shout out to the Dan Lebetard crew. And yeah. the, the reason for that is because as someone here, me and you, we do our thing and we're trying to build stuff here on the On Blast Network. The reason I want to give a shout out to Dan Lebetard and the crew is because it's the ultimate squad goals in terms of the empire that they've been able to build, but forget about the money and the clicks and all that. I look at that as someone who creates stuff. You want to create stuff in that same mold where they're clearly just having fun with what they do on an everyday basis and doing it with people that they really like and enjoy hanging out with. And it's just their normal conversations. They're just microphones in front of them. And in terms of when I say squad goals, that's my goal in terms of trying to build this On Blast podcast network. So for the motivation, for the creativity, for the all-out fun, because I do listen and enjoy the Lebetard show every single day, salute to them. And hey, from uh, one jackass just trying to, to keep moving the train along, the content train along, 
I appreciate that. And I appreciate what they're doing for the creators. Keeping the importance of the creators alive. And I'll stop because <laughs> I'll stop before I say a little too much. So <laughs> beyond that, thank you guys for tuning in. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, as mentioned, on Blast Podcast Network, we've got tons of podcasts available on the same feed. Remember, On Blast is the network. Ball On Blast is a show. Wrap It Up is a show. I'll Name This Football Pod Later is a show. You Killed It is the show. All these things in one place, the On Blast Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube. Tell your friends. As I say, as always, I really do appreciate it. And I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Ball On Blast Podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace. This is Ball On Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla.